Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Five Made a Book Podcast. I'm your host, Tav. Uh, <laughs> lots of energy for this episode. Are you feeling this? Because I'm feeling this. Like, I am happy. I'm happy. Uh, so you probably know how the book ends then. Uh, because I'm happy. So <laughs> that's all we need to do. Episode done. Just know it ends great. We wrapped it up. Just kidding. I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, incredible. <laughs> incredible ending. Just all everything. Actually, not everything was like wrapped up. Um, but it like it had great moments. It had moments where I'm like, oh, Okay, I mean, that's fine. Could have went somewhere else. Could have done something else with this. Like, of course, like we all have those moments with different books, uh, especially during a series, too. So um, overall, very, very happy with it. I did see that there is going to be another book, but it's not like on Grace and Hudson. It's on Remy, which remember Remy is that warlock. He was in the prison with them. And, like, he's a really good friend now. He's in, like, a different academy with uh, Hudson and Jackson's uh, half-sister. Like, he's he's that guy. Uh, I saw that there's going to be a book, I think in January, it said, ugh, which is so far. But it's probably going to be here so quick. That's how time works, you know. Uh, there's going to be a book about him. And I'm so freaking excited because, yeah, that was one that I have always kind of wondered about. And wanted to know more about his life. And so I think we're going to find out all about it. Which I love it. Incredible. One of my favorite authors. Just how she creates worlds and characters. And builds off of them. 10 out of 10. Uh, So if you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't recommend starting on this episode. (laughs) I recommend starting. I mean if you don't want to know about the other books in this series. Because this is book 6. Then Sure, go to episode 80, which was the one previous, um, and listen from there, because this is part two of that book. But if you're curious about this series, you just want to kind of know more about it, then go to episode 15 through 18. That's where we talk about books one through four. And then episode 52 is when we talk about book five. So just, you know, giving everyone warnings this is going to be spoilers this is going to be the second half we kind of left on a cliffhanger last week where grace was and her friends are in the shadow realm they're with the shadow queen she says basically like i know how to separate your daughter's souls which you know with all your power you can't do so i'm gonna give you like one more chance basically to make this bargain with me um for my friend's life like Take it or leave it, basically. The queen doesn't answer. Uh, sorry, I'm just getting right into it. Is that okay? <laughs> like, I'm just really excited to talk about this. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't have anything else. Do I have anything else? I mean, I can always say stuff at the end. I don't know why I'm talking about this right now. You know, inner thoughts. Uh, I Oh, I could talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I'm going to continue with this episode. But I can, um, I want to tell you about the baseball game that I went to last night um, at the end of this episode. So I guess uh, TBD on that. Okay, getting back into this. Okay, so the Shadow Queen doesn't answer for a little bit. And Grace is like terrified that she blew it, which is completely understandable. Because that's how I feel when I like sp- kind of speak my mind or when I like, not really make a demand of someone that is like in higher authority or just that I'm nervous of. Like I try and talk during the silence because I get uncomfortable. Uh, Like in my previous job, um, I, my supervisor, she was very intense and I felt like if I said something wrong or if I like, asked something or just I don't know you know said what I thought um she would do these long pauses and I think it's like a tactic but I don't know I think it's just her personality but I would get very uncomfortable and I would like feel the silence so I'd like backtrack I would be like oh well what about this what about this so you know that's what Grace is kind of thinking like oh my gosh should I backtrack did I say something wrong should I not have like told her this basically like 
who am I to say this to the queen? Um, and like, she's basically calling the queen's bluff. And the shadow queen finally says, come sit with me. And she's like, oh, okay. So she goes to sit with the shadow queen, just her and Grace. And um, so Grace is like, you know, we're here because we want to help Makai, Liana, and Lorelai, which Liana and Lorelai are the twins that are connected. Their souls are connected. And Grace is like, we just, we have to work together to make this happen. And the queen, she's been stubbed in the past. She's like, why should I believe you when you say you can do this thing? Like, you really don't think I didn't try. Like, literally, I did everything. I asked everyone. No one knew how to separate them. Everyone told me it was impossible. Like, why should I believe you? (laughs) And Grace literally just says, that's because you asked the wrong people. Which, straight up, that's a great answer. Like, that is a great uh, comeback to that. Like, you ask the wrong people obviously and she reassures her like I may be young but I have resources and so the queen starts to talk more about like what their plan had been to like reverse time with like the 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 wizard the time wizard you know like kind of restart everything and kind of like reverse their mistake which I'm trying to think like that's the part that was so confusing to me and I don't know why it was so confusing so if someone can explain it better to me like I would love it so they're saying like reversing our mistake before Hudson stopped him so I think like once upon a time like the shadow queen and the time wizard were trying to like separate the souls of the twins but I think like is it I'm confused because like did they do something to get the twins maybe maybe that's what it was like they they wanted to have a baby so they did something to have a baby but the twins were born their souls were like together and so I think that they were like trying to reset the timeline to sever the souls of the girls or something and that put them in this like the shadow realm, which they can't, like, leave the shadow realm, so they call it, like, the prison, like, the shadow prison or whatever, and that's what they're, like, trying to get out of, and I think, I think that's what it was. Maybe I just needed to talk it out loud, Um, so hopefully that (laughs) makes sense. Um, So, Grace basically says to the queen, like, I'd wager that this whole plan of reversing the mistake, like, before Hudson stepped in, was like your husband's plan and not yours because like if the wizard had been successful in reversing the timeline many of her subjects wouldn't have been born and so grace is like taking the chance basically saying like i don't think this is your idea like because you're basically your subjects would not be here um and so then grace goes on to tell her like we will either bring you the answer you seek before the end of the week or Mackay will have died and the bargain will be unnecessary. The queen, like, kind of thinks about it for a minute. She's like, okay, so that means if you follow through with your end of the bargain, which is do everything you need to do in exactly the order you need to do it in, and it results in the freedom of my daughters, then yes, we have a deal. So because they made that deal, there's another tattoo that goes onto Grace's arm, Like, that's how they kind of, like, make their deals, their bargains, their, you know, oh, make it more permanent, I guess you could say. So she has another tattoo on her arm, which that first tattoo is the bargain that she made with the crone. Remember when they went to her island? And I can't remember what they needed, like, teardrops or they needed something from the crone. I need to reread that, but... Uh, that's how they made that deal. Oh, to get out of the prison. That's what it was. Uh, they had made that uh, deal with the, the crone. And so she still had that bargain where the crone can come and like basically say, like, I want you to do this. Um, so that's where it is. she has like two bargains now on her wrist. And uh, of course, the queen is like super s- skeptical of like the deal. But she's very desperate uh, to believe that they might be able to do it they say um so like okay cool so they all go back to the town because they were at like the castle where the shadow queen was 
They go back to the town, which is now Vegaville, <laughs> which I think is so silly. And we are all worried about Macy. Remember, she, I think, is going through a lot. And that next morning at like 6 a.m., they get a knock on the door and it's Macy and she's just like crying. And that's when I think Grace has like a breakthrough with her and just like holding her and crying and just like helping her feel her feelings, which I thought that it it was important to include in the podcast because you know what? Feel your feelings like people go through things. Uh, and we have hope for Macy. Like, we have hope that she is going to do what she needs to do and maybe get help or just, like, process her feelings. So that day, uh, they had met up with Polo, who is going to be smuggling them out of the Shadow Realm. And they are needing to jump into this well, which I don't remember if it's in the town or if it's just like right outside the town but he's like hey we're gonna jump into here he's a chupacabra uh which i guess isn't super important but he like transforms so they go down into this well they like drop down in this water and they're like swimming has made it to like this little island or whatever and grace is still swimming and all of a sudden she sees these like kind of like firefly type things around her it's very pretty and she like looks over to her friends and they are like horrified And she's like, what's happening? And she realizes that they're not fireflies, they're lures. Like, don't you know, remember on, like, Finding Nemo, where they see that little light in the darkness, and, like, Dory's like, oh, it's my conscious, or whatever. So it's kind of like that, like an anglerfish, but it's, like, huge, and it's, like, trying to attack Grace, and so they get, like, a little fight. She kind of gets a little bit injured. Uh, She doesn't have any of, like, her earth magic or whatever because they were still in the shadow realm um but once they're able to get away from this fish onto this island she gets her magic back so she's able to like heal herself and everything's fine so they keep like walking i guess it's not a really island it's just like the land so they keep walking and nothing else really happens and they come out of this cave and they're like "Mm, this isn't italy because they thought that they would come back out in italy and polo's like no 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 Like, you're pretty far from Turin, which is in Italy. Uh, You're in Kansas, which (laughs) very random place to go to. So they ended up in Kansas, and they're like, Macy, like, can you please create a portal? And she's she's like, yep, I'm on it. Uh, And they ask her, like, have you ever been to Alexandria? Because that's where they need to go to find the location of the bittersweet tree. And they're like, have you ever been to Alexandria? Um, And she's like nope but i've been to athens which is about a thousand miles from alexandria so they portal to athens and then they all fly everyone gets on their dragon grace can fly in her gargoyle form and they fly during the night um to the library of alexandria which it is i believe in ruins right now i mean has been for a while so they're kind of walking through it and macy just is kind of off and she's like do you feel it like I feel something and they're like not really like you're a witch so it makes sense that you would feel something and she keeps like kind of shaking her head and walking in like a small circle right in front of this pillar and she does it like again and again and again and she's like this is it like something something is here like this is it and so she starts to like do this spell or like chanting or whatever and the air in front of them begins to shimmer in what looks kind of like a a cloud of gold dust and come to find out that the ruins that they all walked up on is an actual mirage and like that's why they're really there and so now they can see that there's like this huge circular building made basically of like gold and silver and it kind of looks like an arena uh, with its high walls and so they're like uh okay cool um, I don't know if they walk in kind of like the Mirage or it just kind of like appears where like the ruins were. I think that's how Mirages work. I don't really know. Um, but a person appears and they're like, well, this is probably the curator. And she is not like the person that they thought that she would look like, you know, uh, but kind of. She's like this tiny, shorter girl part boho, part punk rock. She's definitely on the list of the coolest looking people Grace has ever met. 
And she's like, oh, you're finally here. <laughs> Everyone's like, you knew we were coming? And she's like, uh, yeah, Grace, it's all part of my godhood. You're going to have to have a lot more tricks up your sleeve if you don't want me to see you coming. Uh, so you really think you want to make the journey to the bittersweet tree? Because I've got to tell you, celestials are not to be trifled with. And they're like, oh, she's already mentioned this, like the bittersweet tree. Like, let's uh, let's get going. Makai is not doing well. Like, what do we need to do? Like, where is it at? And <laughs> kind of like pushing her. And she's like, OK, well, let's talk about this over lunch. So they have lunch and she says the bittersweet tree is never in the same place twice. And as soon as someone comes looking for it, it moves again. And she's like, you know, the bittersweet tree is currently in South America. They're like, okay, amazing. This is great. This is a big step. Um, but also, it's kind of large. <laughs> and she's like, uh, well, yeah, South America is quite large. And if you want a more precise location, you'll follow me because I don't got a lot of time to waste. And they're like, oh my gosh okay well how do we get this location what do we need to do so they're like following her into the building and uh that's when grace gets a text from remy he says i'll be there and grace is like where when what like what's happening and all he says uh is a thumbs up emoji followed by when you need me most She's like, okay, obviously he's still like seeing their future. Like, obviously he's still kind of like checking in with them. And also Lorelai, which is the twin, she's with Makai right now uh, at the witch court. She texts Grace and says, please hurry, um, which she's been giving them like updates and everything. So they're thinking Makai is kind of like taking a turn for the worst again. And so they're like, boom, boom, boom. Like we have a tight timeline that we need to go on and so they are like eating they I believe they sleep there or not yet um but they're like the curator has to go back to like her room or, or something she's like says that to excuse her for a minute Grace and Eden and Heather follow her and they're like hey like we don't have time like we we need to get this answer like we need to figure out like what we need to do. And so um, they go to the, the second level of this building, which I guess is where the personal quarters of the curator is. And they like can't find her or anything. And the curator like steps out from this bookcase. And she's like, why are you here? Like, I'm so busy. And they're like, well, we need this answer. Like, how can we get this answer? Like, we we need to talk to you. And Grace is like, I know you're busy. I'm sure whatever you do, like, takes a lot of time. And the curator's like, I will have you know, like, I am the god of history. Like, I have to basically take account of everything that's happening in the world. Grace is like, well, I know, like, you have your private space, but I was hoping, like, you can make exception for this time because I have an idea that could help us both. And right as she says that, there's, like, a loud scream in that room behind them. And so the curator, like, goes back into the room really, like, in a hurry, but she leaves the door open, like, the bookcase or whatever that opened. And so they go in, and it's, like, wall after wall after wall of TVs. So many TVs. And it's just recording, like, history. Like, everything that's happening. And that's what the god of history has to do. Like, basically sit in this desk and have these journals and notebooks and she had like spelled these tvs to like pop up a certain color if it's like really important or could be important uh that she has to like write in these books and i'm like that's that's a lot and so they see that so grace starts to formulate a plan i mean she kind of had already but the curator's like okay like i have a second like what is your plan and so Grace is like, well, what if we were to give you like a mini vacation, like 24 hours and uh, we'll take over like the seven of us will take over and write all the history and everything. You go do your thing and then you'll tell us the exact location of where this bittersweet tree is. And it takes a minute, but the curator's like, hmm, OK, deal. So that's what they do. All seven of them, they like kind of take turns. Uh, but they sit in that room and they just watch all these TVs and they notate 
everything for 24 hours, which is a lot. Like, they eventually separated up by continent, and they, like, uh, take, like, rotations. Like, two of them can sleep while the others are doing the TVs, and then they kind of, like, rotate from there. And so it seems like a lot. Uh, very, very rough. Um, but they do it, and that's when the curator shows up, and she's like, okay, deal's a deal. The tree you're looking for is outside a town called Banos. It's in Ecuador. And she tells them, like, exactly where it is by a waterfall. Then the curator looks over at them again, and she's like, you know, you should get your things. I believe your ride will be here any minute. And they're like, what? That's when a portal opens up, and it's freaking Remy that steps out. So Remy, he's there. He knew when to get there. He knew exactly what they needed. Boom. He's there. So they're like, amazing. They pack up their stuff, and they portal to Ecuador. And they are by this like waterfall because Remy's like a freaking badass and he can portal like literally wherever. Um, But then they're like, okay, well, which tree is this? And that's when Macy has this like little pendant that she had like casted this spell on that kind of like floats in the air to kind of like go in the right direction of where they're going to be. So they do that. They follow it. And they know that it's, like, the right tree because there is, like, a very simple elm tree, which I guess is not native to Ecuador. And it also has these little honeycombs all over it. And they're like, okay, I think this is it. Like, this is it. Like, I think we need to get the honey from it. And so Jackson, like, before, actually before this, um, that's when they're like, okay, like, do you see anything? Like, I don't see a celestial here or anything. Um, And Hudson's like, no, no, no. Like, it's not what you see. It's what you hear. And that's when, because Hudson and Jackson have like crazy good hearing. And Jackson is like bees, thousands upon thousands of bees, which is terrifying. So Jackson is like, okay, let's get the show on the road. Like, I want to go help my best friend. So he holds up his palm to catch like a section of this floating honeycomb. And I guess when it's like coming towards him or he like catches it, uh, he starts to move in slow motion, like super slow motion. And then that's when the bees start to get riled up. And they are moving right towards Jackson. So that's when Grace is like, okay, well, I can go stone, like, my gargoyle, and it won't hurt me. So she goes into her gargoyle, gets in front of Jackson, and the bees just start kind of, like, attacking everyone. And all of a sudden, they all disintegrate. And that's when Hudson starts to scream because I don't remember actually which book it was in. I want to say it was, like, the second or third I think it was in the third when they were like fighting everyone with the dragons and um, the witches. I think the witches were going against them and he like disintegrates people. But in order to disintegrate people, like he takes on their souls. And so he disintegrated these bees. And so he starts screaming and he just keeps moaning over and over like souls, souls, souls. And so she was thinking like, okay, if the honey is celestial, then it's not a stretch to think that the bees are made of it too. And by disintegrating the bees, Hudson has put himself in the mind of an ancient celestial being. And so he's like going insane over there and everyone's getting attacked by bees. And then all of a sudden a bear appears, which when they portaled into Ecuador, there was like a bear right there and they like scared it away Um, But that bear appears back, and it doesn't look like a normal bear, of course. And that's when Hudson is, like, trying to tell them, like, the bear is a soul eater, which I don't really know what that means. Um, It doesn't really, like, super come into play a lot. Like, they fight the bear. Um, Everyone, like, is very, very injured, like, very injured, like, on the ground, like, almost dying, basically. And that's when Grace starts to like kind of spiral. And she's like, I was the one who didn't ask questions about the tree, about the celestial dew. Like everyone tried to warn me about the celestials, but I ignore them. I chose not to listen. Like this is me. Like my parents died to protect me. Like Xavier died because I wasn't strong enough. Luca died because I couldn't save him. Like she is like spiraling. Um, Basically like caught between like anguish and apathy. Like the, she's just, yeah, spiraling. 
Um, but that's when the world like starts to change. And I say world very generally. It's like their environment. So the wind starts to blow a little bit stronger. The grass grows longer. The earth is basically like exor- like absorbing them in the Garden of Souls, like taking them back to where they came. And so she's like, no, 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 like this cannot happen. And so she like dives deep and looks for that string, the strings that she has that makes her like part of a gargoyle. Because remember in um, not the first book, it's the second book where she like becomes a gargoyle, but she can start to see those strings. And when she pulls on the string, then she becomes like the gargoyle. So she she sees like visually these strings. She can see like the mating bond with Hudson. That's how she knew like she had the mating bond with Jackson, but then like it was artificial. So this is where she sees kind of like the people around her and their strings And so she, like, kind of digs deep, and she is able to see the strings of all that she's with. So there's Macy's, who's hot pink, and then there's Remy's, who's was, like, a a rich, deep forest green. There's Jackson's, who's black. Uh, uh, Flint, his his is amber. Flint is, like, the dragon. Eden, hers is purple. She's a dragon. Heather's is red. She's, like, the human. And they're all still there. Like, Hudson's is there. Uh, Mackay, she can still see Mackay's. His is a very, very translucent yellow, um, but he, of course, doesn't have to be there for her to see these strings. It's just everyone that she's basically has a relationship with, and so she, like, sees these strings, and she starts to, like, her mind starts to go, where she's like, okay, what if we were never after the honey after all, because this bear, like, once he's satisfied with, like, basically kicking their butts, he, like, is eating these honeycombs, and the bear rinses his claws in the water. There's like this lake from the waterfall by this tree. And so he like rinses his claws in the water again. And she can't help but wonder if she like made a mistake that her grandma had said that they needed celestial dew and dew is water, not honey. And so if the lake water rinses away the honey, could it be that they really needed the lake's water to separate the souls, like rinsing honey from a bear's claw? And I'm like, I didn't think of that. Like, I didn't think of that dew. Like, because they said, like, they want the dew, the celestial dew. I just thought, like, oh, yeah, honey, okay, that makes sense. It's, like, sweet, like, uh, whatever. And so, no. She's like, okay, I think that's what it is. So uh, the curator had given her these, like, vials. And so she looks over that to Remy, who's basically, like, almost dead too he's like right laying right next to her all of them are basically passed out from being stung by bees like getting attacked from the bear like they're in bad shape and so she looks over at Remy and she's like I have an idea like you reach for me and I'll reach for them and so she pulls out one of the empty vials and slowly inches her hand towards like the water basically keeping our eyes like glued on the bear because we don't want the bear to like come attack and he's focused on his little like honeycomb dinner and so she dips the vial in the water and then like corks it and she reaches a hand out to Remy and squeezes the other around like her friend's strings like in her head she has like gripped these strings and she says now Remy and then Remy teleports them all of them (laughs) like he can teleport all of them with like her strings like she's basically taking them with her and Remy took them to the only place that he could manage which was the prison uh because that was his home for most of the 17 years of his life like remember the prison that it was so hard for them to like get out of like yeah so they're back in this prison but they're all there like they're all alive they're all there they're in bad shape And before they can really, like, get up and and move or, like, start to, like, feel a little bit better, they hear, like, this clinking noise. And the door opens, and there's the crone. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Absolutely insane. Like, when it said that, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, crap. Like, she's there. She's there. She's there. She's there. Okay. Okay. Like, what's next? And she, the crone, I guess, was trying to have, like, a conversation with them. But because they're basically got their butts kicked, like, they couldn't really answer her. And so she, like, the crone, cured them all, made them, like, healed them much better because 
uh, the ailments were disturbing her. Not like out of the goodness of her heart. It was just because like they couldn't really talk to her and she got like huffy about it. So they're all good to go now. They're they're great. Um, And all of a sudden, which I forgot about this part. That's why I reminded you earlier about the tattoos. Because all of a sudden, Grace's tattoo burns. Like the tattoo that she has with the crone. And that's when Grace knows like, okay, it's time to pay up whether I want to or not. And she's like, what, what do you need me to do? Like to the crone. And the crone is like, nah, it's not what I need you to do. It's what I need you to give me. And she's like, you must give me the celestial dew that you collected from the lake at the base of the bittersweet tree. And Grace can't help herself. Like she was, she's bound in this deal. And so her, like her hand moves at its own volition to get this do. And she's like resisting and everything. And the crone is like, no, nah, I know what you were up to. And honestly, I didn't think you had a chance of succeeding. Um, but you know, finally securing the one thing that was powerful enough to separate my soul from my sisters. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to take advantage. And they're like, why didn't you just go and find it yourself? But I guess gods are forbidden from occupying the same space as celestial beings. So she couldn't. So she just had to wait. And she's like, you're never getting out of here. And just to make sure that you stay busy, like, I'm going to force you guys to enter the chamber. Which, remember in the prison, is every night uh, there was like this Russian roulette game. Basically, if you like lost or something you had to enter this chamber and it was like with your worst nightmares and like it was just really bad and the crone was like I'm not just putting these people like everyone because it doesn't work for I think it doesn't work for Remy and it doesn't work for um for Grace um but she's like I'm not putting them in the chamber just tonight I'm extending the unbreakable curse to cover the entire prison they'll be in the chamber forever so they're not going to come back out and so they're, all her friends are, like, in pain, and they're screaming, and just really bad, really, really bad. And so, of course, Grace feels like she's put in a corner, and she tells him, like, she, her mind, of course, is racing. Like, Grace is just so freaking smart. Like, she just gets it, and, like, she, and I know this is just writing or whatever, but it's, like, I love a smart female character, like, main female character. I just... I enjoy it a lot that can come up with a plan like this that is just like I just love it you know it's refreshing and and so she turns to Remy this is Grace she turns to Remy and she's like what is it you once told me when you wanted me to get my tattoo and he's like what are you talking about because I think it was the tattoo of when like how many people it was like she had it on her palm or whatever that she could like get people out of the prison or like you know what I'm saying like that tattoo um she's like you told me that you didn't know who your father was but your mom would tell you a bedtime story that he gave you enough power to level the prison do you remember that she's like well I think today's a good day to make that bedtime story come to life don't you which is why like hearing that I'm like okay I'm really excited to figure out Remy's life like I want to know like what all he's gone through like how he grew up because he was in the prison for 17 years like he was born in the prison and he's only 17 years old that's crazy to me like he's just barely been out of the prison for what four months like absolutely insane um and so she's like I think it's time and he's like, okay, so he puts like his hands on the walls and he's like trying to gain access to all his power, really going through it. And he's like, I can't control it. Uh, so that's when Grace puts her hand on his shoulder and she pulls her green demigod, str- uh, demigod string and pours all her chaos magic directly into Remy. And so putting more power into it and... She's like, you can control it, Remy. There has to be a way to control it. And that's when Heather, Heather the human, says, I've got you. And all of a sudden she reaches out and puts a hand over theirs, like right where Remy and her magic meet. And I was like, this is it. This is it. Like, we can find out who she is. What is she? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 
And that's when Grace, she's like, I don't understand. Like, but as she says that, she sees the magic pulsing out of Heather, not green like theirs or gold like the crones, but a bright shining red that's impossible to miss. And that's when Heather says, gods and paranormals aren't the only ones in the world with magic, you know. Humans make order out of chaos every day. Do you really think there isn't power in that? Which it kind of goes on to like give like situations or whatever, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. I was incredibly disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Like I really thought that she was going to be another paranormal or some sort of like deity that she's like, okay, now is the time to help. But no, which, okay, sure. It shows like power in humans and how we do make order from chaos and like make the decisions and save the world as well. Like with the firefighters, police officers, all like are those people like nurses and you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Like we make order out of chaos every day, but also this is a book and I really wanted her to have powers like secretly, you know what I'm saying? So overall, yes, I understand the messaging was good, but I was really disappointed. Um, so they're able to break down this prison and they're able to escape. And as they're walking out of the prison, uh, something like she reaches grace reaches down and she still feels the vial of honey that she got which i forgot that she had gotten that vial like when jackson was like in slow motion that's when grace went over and like took a vial of the honey from the honeycomb and so she still has that um in her box she doesn't know how valuable it is but maybe like it would be enough to trade for makai's life because they don't have like the celestial do anymore like and they they've it's just kind of like hit them that they're like what we're like basically in the final canton like Makai is dying like they basically have lost the only chance they have at a cure like the crone and the hunters are preparing to attack the shadow queen is basically going to kill them if like when they tell her that they failed to fail they failed to save her children you know so there's honestly no more time and so they're like okay we just need to keep going forward and see what the Shadow Queen says. So Macy creates a portal uh, back to the witch court to pick up Makai. And so they pick him up. Um, he is looking pretty rough. He did just, like, drink blood from Lorelai, so he looks a little bit better. Um, but still, it's, like, time to go back. And so Macy was able to create this little, like, portal seed to go right back into the Shadow Queen's fortress. So it makes it super easy. And so they go right back to the, the Shadow Queen. And all, all Grace says is, I'm sorry. And <laughs> the Queen is like, you're sorry? Like, that's all you have to say for yourself? Like, you're sorry? Like, you think this boy matters to me? Like, who even is him? Who even is he? And she, like, looks over at Makai, and he's wearing this talisman. And she's like, he's wearing my daughter's talisman. Like, but I will never care if he lives or dies. And so she like goes over and like grabs the, the necklace and Makai like kind of is struggling. He's like, no. Um, and so she like grabs it. It's in her hand and her entire face basically like crumbles. It's as if like, her mask has been completely taken off. Like she just like is so sad. And she's like, I gave this to Lorelai when she was five years old. I told her to always wear it, to never take it off so that she can be protected forever. And it's just kind of like a sad moment where you're like, she just wants her, like her daughter back. Like that's it. And, uh, so grace, she steps up. She's like, you know, what? I'm sorry that the crone lied to you. Like, I'm sorry that she tricked you. I'm sorry that Jacan, who is like the time God and the queen looks at her and she's like the crone. Like, you think I'm here because of the crone? Like, you're right. She lied to me, but she didn't destroy my life. Like, no, 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 no. You foolish, foolish child, which I kind of think of foolish is kind of a fun word. Like foolish, foolish child. I'm here because the blood letter put me here. <laughs> Twist. I didn't see that coming. Grace is like, my grandma? And she's like, your grandma is the blood. I don't know why I'm talking that. <laughs> like that. Your, bro your grandmother is the blood letter? And it's Grace is so confused. She's like, 
my grandma didn't put you in this place. Jacan, the historian, did. He wanted to, like, and she kind of, like, trails off a little bit. And then she's like, why would he let me think that he built it? And that's when Hudson sets up, and he's like, because he's in love with her. And this is kind of where, like, I got confused. So I'm hoping as I'm, like, talking it, talking through it, then I will understand it just like you are, basically. Grace is like, why Why would, like, the blood letter do such a thing? And Hudson is like, because her sister is a jealous hag. Like, And the queen is like, yeah, like, she tricked me into giving her sha- her the shadow poison to save my children. And the queen, of course, didn't know that she was going to use it to poison an entire race of people. All the queen wanted was to be with her children forever. Let's see. It kind of goes over it here. So the shadow queen made a deal with the crone, one that resulted in her turning over the shadow poison so that the crone could make a deal with Cyrus, who's like the vampire king. He's Hudson and Jackson's dad. He was really evil. Uh, So the crone could make a deal with Cyrus to poison the gargoyle army in exchange for giving him her and the blood letters children to turn himself into a god okay that makes sense um so the blood letter didn't react the way that the crone would have foreseen because the blood letter loved her child and the crone wouldn't know what love was was if it like bit her in the butt so the blood letter was forced to hide her child's power from cyrus so her child like her child would have been immortal um, but now was a human a mortal human And she had to send her away so that Cyrus could never find her. But that also meant that the blood letter couldn't find her either. And so, okay, that makes way more sense. Um, Okay. (laughs) Sorry, it's just like in my head, it's just making way more sense. So we'll kind of like sum this up a little bit once I get through this. So, um, so then the, the blood letter like was basically a mother enraged at the loss of her child, a wife enraged at the loss of her mate, a queen enraged at the loss of her people. She went looking for revenge because uh, the blood letter was the vampire queen at one point. And so then the shadow queen was like, I never meant for Ryan to die. And that I guess is the uh, great something grandmother's name. So like the immediate daughter of the blood letter. Okay. That makes sense. So, yes, the crone made a deal with the Shadow Queen, said, hey, I will give you the cure, whatever, to separate their souls if you give me the shadow poisoning. So she does. She gives her the shadow poisoning. Um, Obviously, there's no way to separate the souls. So then the crone goes to, like, she poisons the gargoyle army um, because Cyrus needed i think like their children to become a god like that's what his ultimate goal was is like to become a god and so in order to hide the her child the blood letter made her mortal and so basically like hid this gargoyle slash vampire like seed or whatever like her powers I think she, like, completely hid them or, like, maybe she completely took them away. But basically made her whole line mortal. And so, like, her child died a long time ago, great-grandkids, everything like that, um, until Grace. And uh, so that's why when that happened, the blood letter went to look for revenge because she's like, how did this happen? Who did this? Like, why did I have to do this? She found about out about the shadow queen she had Jen, jenkin jaikin however you say his name the time god she had him basically create this prison of the shadow realm that they couldn't escape um so it kind of all comes full circle uh so yeah that's kind of the synopsis of what they're talking about like the history which way makes way more sense i was very confused so that's when grace kind of goes through a very like interpersonal i don't think that's the right word but very like inner dialogue helping her to feel better type of way so 
she goes through like, you know, the real question, the important question, is it who to blame? It's how we can ever make it right again. Like the past is what it is. So she's basically saying like, if we don't start learning lessons from our parents, uh, like our parents' mistakes, our grandparents' mistakes, then we're destined to repeat every single one of them. Goes through all of that. And that's when she starts thinking about the magic. The blood letter built the prison or like the shadow realm, they call it the prison, with chaos magic magic because that's her magic is chaos and that's why um Grace is the demigod of chaos. And so she's like, okay, she made it with chaos magic, so maybe that means I can tear it down. I just have to figure out how. So she like deep dives into herself, you know, looks at the strings again, looks at her demigod string, connecting her to like all the power inside of her. And she realizes like being in the shadow realm because she's never like tried it in the shadow realm. She realizes that it's like pulsing, like basically like rising to her chaotic intention is that that's what they said. Um, So she just has to figure out how. Jiken, I'm going to call him Jiken, is stabilizing her grandma's magic enough to hold this prison together because once she knows that, then she'll be able to take the whole thing apart. And the blood letter using this chaos magic and Jiken using time magic, he is using it to like stabilize the entire realm. So to take it down, she just has to figure out how to blow it apart. Basically, I said that earlier. And her chest starts to hurt. And that's when it, like, hits her that the part that's hurting, the burning in her chest, is, like, the answer. That's where the time arrow hit her. But she hasn't, like, given it much thought, basically. Um, She thought that it, like, had dissolved or something happened when she got hit with it. But honestly, she's like, I think it's lying dormant inside of me. And I think it just woke up as if, like, she, as if it knew when she would need it and when. And so she is like, I wish I could do this much internal, like, thinking, internal, like, you know, (laughs) as much as she's doing, like, I wish I could just, like, be aware of everything in my body, which I should be. I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, are people really aware of what's going on in their body? I don't know. I don't like going to the doctors. Uh, Speaking of doctors, I went to the dentist, though, yesterday, and I had no cavities, which, like, never happens. Literally never happens. So just want to share that because I'm very proud of it. I do have gingivitis, though, so don't get too excited for me. Okay, (laughs) let's go back into this. So she's like able to let this arrow go, like basically push it out of her. The world explodes or implodes around her. The darkness falls. The light flows in. Purple dissolves into the bluest skies. Because remember, everything's purple. Uh, And she's like, the girl... (laughs) She doesn't say girl. The shadow queen is free and so are her people. The thousand years that they were in captivity ended in that moment, basically. Uh, The shadow queen gasps and they look over and walking through the shadow of the trees towards them is Lorelai. So she immediately went in. She was able to. I mean, people were able to get in and get out now. And so Lorelai, she runs to the Shadow Queen. They embrace. Like, they are just so happy to see each other. And because Makai is there with them. And so Lorelai immediately goes over to Makai. And she's like, you have to help him. Like, please. Like, you have to cure him. And the Shadow Queen says, I can't. I never could. There was never a cure for shadow poison. I said, bitch, what? Like, they and I'm sure freaking everyone was thinking that I was so mad. I'm like, you basically did what the crone did to you. Like, uh, yeah. Anyways, sorry. That's my frustration noise. I was just so mad. Um, and so like she's holding Makai's hand and um, and she just like feels like. I don't know. You can just see it, I guess, um, because being closer to like her family and her sister, uh, Liana, um, comes, comes running over, hugs her. And I guess like they're being them close, like they are reunited with their soul and they have her like full souls again. And that's when Lorelai looks at Makai and she's like, my mate, my mate. 
And the queen looks at her and she goes, there's no antidote. But now that you've reunited with your sister and have your full soul, you can save him. Her mom says, use the bond. You are a wraith, which means the shadow poison will not hurt you. Use the mating bond to pull it inside you and free Makai from its insidious grip once and for all. So the mating bond saved him. And yeah, once they touch, like Liana and Lorelai, their souls realigned. Lorelai was able to reclaim all s- herself because when they were apart, like she didn't have like all of her soul, um, which meant like the mating bond could finally function the way it was supposed to. And that's why she like immediately recognized it um, and was like, oh my gosh, my mate. And so she was able to po- pull the poison from Makai and he is 100% again. And so. Once everything's good, <laughs> like the Shadow Realm is not a prison anymore, Makai is good, everyone's reunited, now it's time for the ceremony t- for uh, Grace to become queen of the Gargoyles and basically queen everywhere. So she looks at the Shadow Queen and she's like, you know, all the rules ha- rulers have been invited to the ceremony, like, I can have the invitation reset if you want to come, like, and the queen is like, okay. Then an alliance and gratitude you shall ha- always have. Okay, we love alliances. Love that. And so um, they go back to, I think they go back to the witch's court. And they are getting ready for the ceremony. I don't know how many days like goes in between like them getting back. And like I think it's like a couple days actually. And as they're getting ready, uh, Hudson and Grace... Which, P.S., there's not a lot of, like, romance in this book, which I'm okay with. Because at this point, like, they're together. We love them. We love their relationship. Like, yeah, sure, things get spicy, but it never says anything. It's very much fade to black. Um, And we just, like, love their relationship. And there's a little bit of, like, Flint and Jackson, but it's not enough to, like, really do anything. Like, you just kind of see, like, an outside view. Which, at this point, like I said, I'm not really in it for the relationships. I just want to know how the story ends and, like, what happens to the characters and how everything gets solved. Um, which, totally, totally good with. So, they're talking in the room, getting ready. And she, they've had this decision where, because they could become Vampire King and Queen instead of Gargoyle Queen and King. Um, and... They can't, like, be both. Like, he can't be Vampire King and she can't be Gargoyle Queen. Like, that's too much power, I guess. And so one of them would have to give up their throne to be, like, the person's partner, I guess you could say. So that's why Jackson and Flint are having a hard time, too, because Jackson could become, like, the Vampire King, but he can't be with Flint because Flint's going to be the Dragon King, you know? Um, So Grace is like, hey, like... I want you to know going up there today, like, we could be vampire king and queen instead. Like, I'm with you if that's what you want to do. And he's like, what? Like, you want to do that? And she's like, no, I just want to be wherever you are. And, like, I want to be whatever you and I decide what's best for us. Like, it's not a you or me thing. It's an us thing. And he's like, well, thank you. But I have a plan for the vampire court, and it doesn't include Jackson or him, I guess. And he hadn't shared it because he didn't know if it was, like, feasible, but he thinks it will work. And so they kind of go over this plan of what he, like, wants to do, um, which is, like, best for them. So it's time for the ceremony. And they go back to Catmere Academy, which is where it all started. Uh, remember, in the fourth book... Yes, fourth book. When they had that big battle, it was destroyed. Uh, so they've been rebuilding it this whole time. And so they get to the academy. There's like this stage with two like two thrones, and then there's a, like a semicircle with the other six thrones. So like the dragons, the wolves, the witches, and the vampires, and then the gargoyles. So very cool. Like uh, everyone is kneeling. Um, their friends are the first people they see. Uh, and there's Alistair and the blood letter, which Alistair was like the king of the gargoyles, her grandpa, the blood letters, her grandma, you know, um, and then there are these fields, like 
filled with thousands upon thousands of gargoyles all kneeling for her. Like I was like tearing up. Like I just felt this. Um, and then behind them, there were the witches. They were holding open a dozen portals across the fields and people just like pouring through them. So Nuri and Aiden, they're the dragon king and queen. So they come through one of them and several of like the dragon guard. And then another one is the wolf queens. So Willow and Angela. I don't think we really met them. Um, and then some instructors from Katmere. And then another portal goes to Giant City. So people came from there. And then another portal opens up and several members from the vampire court come out. And then the final portal opens and out walks like the Shadow Queen, which is really cool. But uh, Remy and Izzy couldn't be there. Um, and so Alistair gets up to kind of like welcome everyone, get everything started. And that's when the earth shakes. <sighs> and that's when the crones hunters pour in all directions. So just when you think... It was all getting wrapped up and it was all good to go. She was going to become the queen. This happens, which we kind of like thought. I honestly forgot about this. Like I kind of thought it was all being wrapped up and we'll figure out the crone later. I honestly, yeah, forgot about it. So the hunters are there and everyone immediately starts fighting. And the blood letter, which it's her sister, the crone. She's like, I should have known it was you. Uh, she put herself between the crone and grace the crone i guess has this pouch and they are looking and like all the hunters have these pouches and they're like different colors because these hunters are human and so her grandma like the blood letter like basically is attacking the crone like physically like they are like punching and like hitting um the gargoyles reach a hunter and, but before that they could stop like the hunter, he reaches into his jacket and pulls out a purple pouch and throws it straight into the face of a soldier. And he like disintegrates. So with each pouch is dependent on like the, the supernatural being. So like there's different colors, I guess. So like the red bags were, were for like the vampires, like to disintegrate the vampires, the purple pouches, are for the gargoyles like so grace is like hey okay vampires you go after the purple gargoyles you go after the yellow basically staying away from those certain hunters because these hunters were in these groups like they weren't really spread or anything and so she's like okay go after these groups like their pouch won't affect you and so they're like basically getting rid of these hunters somehow the blood letter makes this like tornado this twister the crone gets captured the crone gets deposited inside this like circle of gargoyles who are immune to her magic basically she like punched her lights out or whatever <laughs> so once the hunter saw that they like all dispersed they all left everything was okay and that's when grace turns to her grandma and she's like she's your sister like what do you want me to do with her and uh, the crow or the blood letters like, I don't know, you're the gargoyle queen. Do with her what you will. And uh, Grace is like, OK, well, if I can do that, I'm going to drain her power so that she can never cause trouble again. But um, everything has a purpose. And this is I was like confused in a second. I'll tell you why. Um, so basically to balance out the chaos that is so much part of the blood letters nature, uh, the same chaos that's in so much of her nature as well, the universe needs balance, chaos and order. And the grandma was like, well, I was hoping you'd say that. Do you have something for me? And so that's when Grace pulls out that vial that the curator gave her that has the honey in it. And the blood letters, blood letter says, like, don't look so sad, Grace. This is how things always are. We're always meant to be chaos and order, bitter and sweet. So I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what the honey does. Like, does that mean like they're bonded back together? Like, maybe I missed something. Like, I'm I should probably go back and read that section again because I don't know what it means. Like the dew like undid the soul. So maybe, yeah, the honey g makes them be bonded back together again. I don't know. Or maybe, like, makes her human. 
I don't I don't know. I don't I really don't know. There wasn't a lot of detail to that. Or maybe I just missed it. Um so then somehow the crone like disappears and Mackay like turns to her and is like, Hey, we're on it. There's nowhere to hide from the Prince of Shadows. Um, which is kind of funny. So uh I guess he's I mean, he's mates with Lorelai and she's the Princess of Shadows and they're they're like, We'll find her. So they like go or whatever. And um so then they, they continue on with the ceremony. Um and they're like made into the king and queen of the gargoyles, and that's when Hudson gets up and he says, like, thank you, everyone. Like you've held the and then he turns to look at the, like the circle. He's like, You've held the circle together under extraordinary odds like even when the last gargoyle king and queen went missing and the last vampire king and queen uh grew bloated with delusions of power like your steadfastness in the face of all that will be appreciated let's see i don't know if it's hudson no i think it's grace then she looks to uh like the circle and to the bloodletter and she's like it's time for a new way one that honors the past but moves forward into the future we need to create for our people and for one another our people can't afford another dictator with the power to destroy everything they've worked so hard to build, which is understandable. And this, I thought, was brilliant. Um, she said, after thousands of years and countless setbacks and challenges to the circle that brought hardship and fear into your lives, Hudson and I have decided that our first act as rulers of the circle is to change the circle from a body ruled by a selected group of paranormals to ruled to be ruled by all of you to one ruled by all of you that's what it says in the coming months we'll be establishing an elected body that represents the diverse and beautiful paranormal community in which we all live one in which every paranormal group has a voice not just the five factions that have always had one but every single one of you from the giants to the mermaids to the chupacabras to the manticores so i thought that was incredible and a very smart idea that it's just it's not all controlled by those five factions so they're making that change which i think is great i know that the circle was kind of upset about it um but it's great and so later after the ceremony that's when grace goes back to the blood letter and um is about to honestly speak and blood is like i already know what you're gonna say and i accept <laughs> grace is like good you'll make one hell of a vampire queen uh, which she had already been a vampire queen. So the blood letter is going to be the vampire queen again. So they'll still have like the king of queens of the factions, but they'll just be more and it will all kind of be decided by the people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so later on, it does like an epilogue and it's like Hudson's point of view, which is cool. And so he's just talking to Grace and he is changing like the the vampire house or what he grew up in because it's basically like a hell house like he hated being there but he's changing it to be the vega academy it's going to be a school which is really cool uh he says like i don't want to be a, a it to be a um i don't want it to be for kids of the elite not the way like catmere academy is but anyone could come no matter how little or how much their parents make he just loves teaching and he loves kids and there's no better way to heal the vampire court than to create a place where learning and knowledge flourish, which is so cool. And this is like the last line of the book. It says, and I realize that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. And for now, that's enough. Actually, it's more than enough. It's everything. Isn't that amazing? I loved it. I freaking loved everything about it. Uh, yeah, there's some like with the Heather thing. I wish she was something else. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like, I think that's the only thing that I wanted differently. Everything else like made sense. And I really liked how like Makai was healed because he was mates with Lorelai. I thought that was a good twist. Um, I need to find out more about the honey thing because like what's happening with the blood letter then, like where's the crone? Like, is the crone going to come into play with like the next book with Remy? Like, maybe they're somehow related, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, there's so many things that s could still happen. So, like, the world is still open, but, like, this chapter with these characters and people are 
are basically closed. Like, I'm sure they'll be in the next book, like, maybe mentions because Remy is so close to them. But I'm excited for him to be, like, the main character. I think that will be really cool. So tell me your thoughts and feelings. Are you surprised with how it ended? Are you surprised with, like, the different events that happened in it? Like, did you want something more, like, to happen? Did you want, like, anything else to happen? I mean, I basically just said that. But, like, you know, like, tell me your thoughts and feelings. Because I feel pretty satisfied with this book. And, like, I honestly, I shed tears. Like, I was just, like, when everyone was kneeling and it was, like, the ceremony, like, ugh, it just made my heart happy. Um, But, yeah, that is uh, the second part of this book. So, um, I'm excited. And if you don't really remember, like, (laughs) what all is happening and uh, you don't want to listen to all the podcasts, understandable. Next week, I'm going to have the husband on the podcast And I'm going to do a synopsis of all of it. Like, basically the whole story with all six books in one episode. It should be really good. I'm kind of nervous, though, with all the details. But it'll be good. It will be really good. Um, And then I'm sure you were just, like, on pins and needles waiting for this baseball game. No, not really. Uh, I went to my first MLB baseball game last night. And I was in heaven. Uh, because I watch a lot of Tessa Bailey's uh, TikToks and she creates like these stories just off the top of her head uh, with TikToks that she finds. And so I was like creating my own book with just watching these players and like mannerisms. I was like in heaven because I was like, okay. And then he could like look up in the crowd and he could make eye contact with someone and then he could like throw a ball with his number on it and then they could like message and then like I was coming up with all this and my husband was just like oh my gosh they scored and I'm like what oh okay cool like it was it was great so I'm starting to think about that now I'm starting to think about like book ideas not that I'm ever gonna write a book but you know like it's just fun to like kind of fantasize about those things but Anyways, so grateful for you guys. Definitely follow me on like TikTok and Instagram. Uh, this next week, I am I'm really digging deep. I'm gonna start uh, posting more. I'm gonna start posting like videos of me doing the podcast. Uh, I am almost all set up, and so uh, it'll be good. Like there'll be you'll start to see like little clips of me uh, while I record this and it's just a way to connect with you guys more and really create this community and it's about time you know I'm excited to really do this so anyways I am very grateful for all of you and I will talk to you later.